Praise be Jesus Christ now and forever. You're listening to the Bellarmine Forum Podcast. Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady Fatima, pray for us. You ever wonder why the Blessed Mother, why? Why was the miracle at the end of Fatima the miracle of the Son? You're going to have a totally different idea on this. And I love it. If it's like, uh, you know, you ever watch The Sopranos or, you know, The Godfather and they leave the horse in the bed, it's actually a more, it's a more threat to the enemies of us and the church and of God than you realize. I've mentioned it before and in past episodes that you, Carl Rahner's brother, Hugo Rahner, appeared to be trying to out his brother, Carl, uh, and studied a lot and wrote on the solar cults, Apollyon and the others. And then when we go back to the Amazonian Synod, you, you'll see a lot of things I cited from there. His writing's a little bit dense. We could do this real easy. I, I want to tell you this little quote, though. Let's get a little taste for this. Did you know? Now, Paul Fisher, who I taught, spoke about a couple days ago, wrote a book called Their God is the Devil. He also wrote the book Behind the Lodge Door, Exposing the Masons. Now, Fisher, in, in his book Their God is the Devil, mentions the miracle of the sun, and he doesn't quite come out to what we're going to get to today, but I, I think you're going to find this. You know the mayor of the city where the children were uh, abducted the children one time to prevent the Blessed Mother from coming. He was a Freemason. It's talked about, Sister Lucia talks about that. The Masons didn't hide who they were. After the miracle of the sun happened, on October 13th, 1917, on October 23rd, 10 days later, men from the Masonic Lodge of Santarem, or Santarem, Portugal, came that at night to chop down the tree where the Blessed Mother appeared and to take away a small table which served as an altar there. Later, those stolen objects were placed on exhibition and the lodge held a mock procession to ridicule Catholic practices. The sound of blasphemous litanies, the procession passed through the principal streets of that city, returning to the Sada Bandiera Square. Uh... I don't know, forgive me if I'm, Sada Bandiera Square, where it dispersed. So they made, they put this stuff in that other city, and then they, they had these blasphemous processions. Are you thinking about what we talked about the other day? Maximilian Colby seeing processions in the streets of Rome blaspheming the papacy. You get the idea. Continues Fisher, the brethren were surprised later to find out they had chopped down the wrong tree. From that awesome beginning, millions of people visit the Shrine of Fatima annually to honor Our Lady and to pray to those who do not love, pray for those who do not love, adore, hope, or believe in God. Curious, isn't it? But the sun itself, there was a message to them. I've spoken in the past a brief reminder, the heirs of Russia, and we nail it down both on the anathemas of the Russian church Mentioning by name theosophy, Freemasons, those who consult with demons and try to summon the dead as 
errors that they thought needed anathematized. Theosophists, of course, come back to Blavatsky. Madame Blavatsky and theosophy. It is a solar cult. She taught the sun is three things. It's the visible symbol and center of the universe. Two, it's the source of all that God sends to living things. Catch that real quick. Source of all th- that God sends to living things. So it's a source of life to them. And it's the also the sun is within human as the divine within. Yes. She teaches that each of us are God. That's the that's the occult. That's the solar world. That's the role of the high priests of the esoteric world. They believe they're gods. Sounds like the first rebel, right? Night, I remind you that at the middle of uh, Himmler's occult world, in the middle of Nazism, there was the palace of the Soviets, at the middle of which was the symbol of the black sun. The black sun, of course, is the object at the middle of their worship. We'll get into why it's black in a little bit later, because I think it'll make sense if we get there. But it's the idea of the sun. Now, if you think I'm a little bit crazy, it's okay. People have been ignoring this for a long time, but we're going to get even more weird here. Fisher also reports in that same book, Their God is the Devil, that Pius Eleventh, he says, Freemasonry's most virulent offspring, international communism. Now, you, 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 we often think that the heirs of Russia are communism and Marxism, right? Now, it's a belief system. The, pro, the child of which, the method by which they're interpreting their world, you know, Christ tells us to go proclaim the gospel worldwide, to change the world, right? That's what the demons, the anti-church is trying to do. And their method to do it is communism. So let's start back over here. Here's the quote from uh, Fisher's book, Freemasonry's most virulent offspring, international communism, moved Pope Pius XI to issue his encyclical Divini Redemptoris on March 19, 1937. It is virtually beyond dispute that, in the words of the present Librarian of Congress, James Billington, this is Fisher quoting Billington, quote, the modern revolutionary tradition grew out of occult Freemasonry. Billington, in his seminal book on revolution, Fire in the Minds of Men, traces communism from Illuminism through the Masonic Lodges and states the first apostle of a modern communism, Giuseppe Buonarroti, a descendant of the famous genius of art, sculpture, and architecture, formulated his blueprint for the new Society of Revolutionary Republicans, Revolutionary Republicans, in the Masonic Lodges of Geneva. Fisher continues, Billington recalls that Thomas Paine, after his return to America from revolutionary France, wrote an essay on the origin of Freemasonry in which he, quote, insisted that the natural sun worship of the Druids had not been destroyed, but merely diverted into Freemasonry. There you have it. 
The natural sun worship of the Druids had not been destroyed, but merely diverted into masonry. That's Thomas Paine writing that. That's Billington quoting him, and it's Fisher bringing it to our attention. None of these are cranks. None of these are conspiracy people. Do you get that? It's just something that nobody... We've grown, you know, we don't study these things anymore. But it's funny, when you look at what they say and what they do, you get a different idea. So, Our Lady... If it's the worship of the sun, if the sun is the middle of all these things, if the sun is the source of being, turning ourselves into gods, hence the worship, hence the palace of the Nazis with the invisible, with the black sun at the middle, hence the black abyss of an altar in the meditation room at the UN. Why black? We'll get to that in a minute. But it is the solar worship we're paying attention to. Our Lady was sending a message to them. I am greater than this thing you worship. It's very Old Testament. I said, it's like a mafia thing. You know, you you worship this, but look what I can do with it. That should have converted a bunch of them, don't you think? But that's the message. That's why the miracle of the sun... We look at it and we know the sun moves and so she could interrupt nature. But there's double meaning to it. She's speaking uh, their language and saying to them that what they believe in is false. They believe the sun brings them their source of divinity. She's saying, I'm something greater than that. Why? Because she brings us her son's graces. Now, let me bake your noodle a little bit more if you think I'm just stretching on this a little bit. Recall that in 1916, the angel appeared to the children, gave them a catechism on the Blessed Sacrament, taught them about reparation, taught them some prayers. Meanwhile, in the United States, I'm going to quote from a book published. You can get a copy of it. It's been in libraries been sitting around since 1917. It's called The Fundamental Laws, a report of the 68th Convocation of the Rose Cross Order. The Rosicrucians. Now, lest you think Payne or Billington were a little bit messed up, the report of the book has to do with the convention they had celebrating something the conventions are occurring because they decided to dedicate a magic circle. In their words, a grove. And they quote a lot of different reasons for this. However, they say that nothing in 5,000 years has been done like this. And that their attempt was to recreate, to reestablish the sons of Osiris, the ancient order of Egyptian gods. Need I remind you about the sun's prominence and Osiris in the black sun of the Egyptian cults? When I said it was Old Testament, do you remember that Moses threw his uh, staff down, it turned into a serpent, and the pharaoh said, oh, these are parlor tricks. My priests can do that too. 
they threw their staffs down and turned into serpents. And then Moses' staff ate theirs. In other words, yeah, we're still something bigger than this. Miracle of the sun. It's curious, however, in reporting about the, the, the event, which is in this book. I'm looking at page 11. It's early on. They're so excited about this. They're talking about the Magi coming around from all the world. And they say, uh, so far as can be learned, either through travel or history, never before since the fall of Egypt and its priesthood and the fall of the Temple of Solomon, has there ever been a grove, a lake to represent the Nile, a magic circle, or a temple prepared, nor is it believed that anywhere in the world does there today exist such a circle? Nearest to this, however, is Stonehenge of the Druids of Britain, to which their descendants travel each year at a certain time to greet the sun and renew their vows. Interesting. This is the first time, therefore, in 5,000 years that any order has attempted to build up the sacred emblem under the stately oak so that people of modern civilization might witness the beauties of the life and religion of the ancient people whose teachings in, on, of individual soul development made the glory of Egypt. The teaching of the Magi of Persia, blah, 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 lots of, lots of bloviation. You get the idea, though. In his light of brotherhood of man and fatherhood of God was founded this great republic foretold by blah, 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 in whose seal is set the Egyptian pyramid completed by the white stone of spiritual purification as the crown of the ages. Lots of symbolism there. This place is called Beverly Hall. So the angels showing up to the children around this time, the 15th of June, and here we've got Magi, and I lost the quote here particularly some from Russia, were there to complete this occult working, this dedication of this magic circle. As in their own words, something better than Stonehenge, which the Druids had, sun worship. And... I like this. After the ceremonies in the grove, there was given in the dining room of Beverly Hall at midnight, at midnight, a feast of the gods, their words, at which neither meat nor spices formed part of the menu, but only fruit, nuts, and other products of sun-kissed foods, their words. Funny that you're talking about the sun, but you're eating it at midnight, right? And they're talking about... Uh, here we go. This guy's saying, I wish that all the readers of this book might have been present at the preparation at the building and the dedication of this ancient magic circle. Or I wish that I might be able to give a detailed description of these sublime ceremonies in this book. Occurring in America, 1916, while the angels showing up to the children. However, I cannot do this here, though I hope that in some future work I'll be able to do so. Sufficient to say that when the stone made out of the cement by one of the brothers was nearly finished, the dedication took place and the emblems placed in the stone itself before it were completed. They put an American beauty rose in, fuel in full bloom, 
This is the representation or symbol of the soul that has reached full illumination. Note well that uh, Martin Luther used the Rosen Cross. It was a Rosicrucian, alchemical. What else did they put in this thing that they dedicated? A mystic ring. This was a solid gold ring belonging, and I'm, I'm reading from this book, by the way. So a solid gold ring belonging to one of the members present upon which had been engraved the cross and pentagram. Pentagram. All members of the Magi will know what this symbol stands for. So there's people that are here who belong to the order, but only this little secret cabal within know the full meaning of things. The ring itself is as known to the Magi as a protecting agent against all evil or malignant influences when worn during any ceremonial or developing work. This is interesting. The true magic mirror. This is an emblem of the soul, which when fully developed will act as a mirror to the universe wherein may be wisdom and truth. Think about that for a minute. You have to look into yourself for reflection from this invisible sun. All you find in yourself are your passions, right? Think about that when we get into Dewey. Dewey changing the, a mason. Changing the definition of religion, religion to be sincere beliefs. Lastly, going back to the book, they put a copy of the private textbook, Ritualistic Occultism. I'm reading this. I'm going to give you a link. You can read this yourself. It's on page 13. Which contains the ceremonies as made use of by the Magi. Four of these ceremonials were made use by four of the Magi in the dedication of the Magic Circle. So-called Grove of Osiris. And they planned to have a 69th convocation sometime in the future. Just want to get back to, uh, I lost the part where they were talking about from where these magi come, and I, I know Russia was among them. I've also cited from this book before because they talk about a great desire to reunite the, and they say that the great seal is split. The pyramid's not completed because they have to reconnect the Yucatan Peninsula where they say the Aztecs, the great religions of the ancients there, can be reunited with America herself. Have you seen anything that makes you think people are working towards that lately? Isn't it weird that everybody's talking about Aztec culture and solar worship and ripping hearts out and throwing the bodies down to the... Seems kind of odd. And in 1916, here's this book when nobody was thinking about that stuff saying, this is what we got to do. And here we're going to get these magi from around the world with pentagrams and crosses and uh, make this magic circle uh, so that we can worship the sun here in the U.S. 1916, angels showing up to the three children. Get ready, God's planning to bring you. God wants to teach you things. Let me teach you about the Blessed Sacrament. Let me teach you what reparation is. So you'll be ready when Our Lady comes. Here we go. During the first week in June, in the Grove, this is 1916, especially prepared for the dramatization of the ancient mysteries of Osiris, the Seal of Solomon, often called the Magic Circle, was especially built in Beverly Hall, Pennsylvania, and on June 11th, the dedication of the Magic Circle took place in the presence 
of the delegates of the Rose Cross Order, some of whom were natives of Germany, England, and Russia. This was in accordance with the system as prescribed by the ancient priests of Egypt and the Sanhedrin of the Temple of Solomon. Who knows how close they got to reality. What we'd like to see here is what they're after. They have rituals and priests and, and people from around the world, including Russia, making a magic circle in Pennsylvania in 1916 for the worship of the sun. Now you tell me, what did that miracle of the sun the following year mean? Was it a message to these people? I think so. Now, they complaints in this book about the Black Brotherhood and others, you get the sense that this is just one segment of the anti-church. This is one group, and there's others that apparently try to mimic what these guys do, and it generally gives you a good sense of hell because it seems like they all fight with each other. But they're awful proud of what they did. Everything I just read there, I'll give you a link to it in the show notes. It'll blow your mind. They have lectures on eugenics and all kinds of other stuff in there, things that we've seen play out, like the years of Russia, perhaps. Solar worship, cults, self-divination. Gets us to the point I mentioned Dewey. This is where modernists come in. Why is it dark? Why is it black? If they worship the sun, why do they want darkness? See, because if you're to make yourself divine, if you're to become God, then you're going to make reality. You can't have anything that's uh, uh, contrary, right? You might find that offensive. I recall years ago, Father Pablo Straub had come back and was doing a TV series, and I told him, I said, Father Straub, I remember years ago you had the best story. You were talking about relativism. He said, oh, you remember Father Pablo Strabi gave the large crucifix on the on the shows on EWTN. I said, yeah, Father. I said, you told the story about little Johnny and Mary. Oh? I said, yeah. I said, little, they're in class, and Mary says, 5 plus 7 is 12, teacher. And the teacher says, that's very good, Mary. And then little Johnny says, no, 5 plus 7 is 14, teacher. And the teacher says, oh, Johnny, that's good. You've discovered what 5 plus 7 is means for you. Father Straub said, oh, that's very good. I like that. Can I use that? And I said, Father Straub, I got it from you. You said it years ago. So it was in the, if you see the TV series he was doing, I was glad I reminded him about it because it was perfect. If you believe your sincere beliefs are what make things real, this is what modernists are. And they got there from these errors brought to them by these solar cults who, yes, do sacrifice things. Yes, why do you think all the child trafficking is going there? Or worse, why do you think there are all the perversions there are? We can get into that another time because it gets into the story of the IHM nuns and the uh, what used to be the Pontifical Seminary on the West Coast run by the Jesuits. Both destroyed before Vatican II. And it was from this self-actualization our friends here with uh, pentagrams and crosses and solar worship would call it illumination, lighting up the sun within. Unbridled passions is what we might call it, and once you give in to those impulses, you become an agent of the devil, as Father Hardin would say. 
You see, religion's not based on beliefs or feelings, nor is reality. Did you think about that? If people think that religion is strong belief and religion is something grander than the observation of what's real, then reality is just sincere belief, right? This is why we can't really reason with modernists. We need a miracle. We need Our Lady. That's why she told us to pray our rosary. That's why she said we need her son in the Blessed Sacrament. He brings miracles. That's why she asked us to pray for them. And that's why we see what's going on with the Synod. When you look at what's important and what sort of things are being promoted, it's ironic. There's reports out today that, that allegedly Francis gave a copy of what's alleged to be called the Pact of the Catacombs, a secret pact made by a, a number of bishops allegedly in the Catacombs of Rome to implement uh, the Para Council, the liberal desires post-Vatican II. But when you read what's in that pact, it sounds just like what we talked about the other day, the goals of the Freemasons announced in 55, including the democratization of the church, the uh, strange stratification of the church where the lady bossing the priests around, bossing those around and creating dissension because of all of this strange authority or apparent connivance to, to put pit people against each other. So when you think about the miracle of the sun, you should take a little bit of heart that that's exactly, just like Maximilian Colby saw. Well, he was sending them a message and then they tried to fight back. They tried to chop the tree down and they, they didn't even get the right tree. But some of it has to do with these groups. Russia spreading her errors throughout the world. It wasn't just communism. Communism's the effect. It's the symptom. It's modernists, whether they want to believe themselves to be Catholic, these illumined souls that believe that reality is what Benedict warned in Rats when he was Ratzinger in the Regensburg lecture, there's one phrase that always stuck out. He said that we, we are experiencing a dehellenization. Now, you know, I'm, I got to throw this in. You know, the Greeks, even Fulton Sheen said, our Lord couldn't come till the Greeks. The Greeks perfected the understanding of natural law. They brought about the, all of the philosophical understandings that could be extracted from nature took the Romans to implement government. Then our Lord could come. But the Greeks, you know, I don't know, just ask the Sicilians. The Greeks invented the Romans, right? So the dehellenization would be part of what we know from natural law is what objective reality is, that it can be observed, its properties, how it works, its laws, its governance, and everything like that. If we're talking about the dehellenization of society, or uh, in Madame Blavatsky's word, the return to antediluvian before the flood times, that's why they throw that rainbow at God. They're throwing it in his face. We're going back to before this. We're even uh, at times uh, uh, 
Bailey or the other theosophists use the terms. You'll see this in a number of the UN, early UN theosophical things about pre-Adamic, pre-Adam. What did we have pre-Adam? You just had fallen angels, right? That's what they want. And all of these, they're moving all these societal things toward it. But what they've done is created a mass of people, even that call themselves Catholic, who have been de-Hellenized, who believe that reality comes from within based on emotion. And that you can't measure objective things unless you feel it. That's why you can't reason with them, but that's why it all needs to be dark. And that's why those of us who can still reason need to be ignored, silenced, or basically driven out. Because we're just inconvenient. If you're going to sit in the darkness and believe what you want, you got to keep it dark, lest you see that things aren't the way you want them to be, right? And that's what Our Lady was telling them with the miracle of the sun. This thing you think this is is something less. It's nothing to be worshipped. Look, I can play with it, move it throughout the world. I can even throw it down here to earth. And I can put it right back in its place. That would create quite a havoc at Stonehenge, right? I wonder what kind of havoc it created where this grove they put in America was. We're seeing it, though. We see it with the way these modernists think of things. If you Teilhard de Chardin, uh, I could get into his uh, 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 trip reports on how he traveled to astral planes and spoke to uh, dark beings, a.k.a. demons. This is the, the, the process. Uh, he called it process theology. Whatever. Just going towards the, the cosmic end point of illumination. Alice Bailey was right when she said with the Theosophists, they would just illumine the world, and the Masons were right. They never need to change the Constitution. They just need to corrupt the people who view it. Same with the church. Grand Orient said in the 18th century that they would never take on the papacy directly. They'll just create a church full of people who want one of their own. They didn't quite get there, though, did they? Because the church isn't full of people who want this. We're just being shown through media tricks and loud noises. They say what you can't accomplish by fraud needs to be done by force. We're seeing the force on it. I, I think it's going to get worse. Just keep praying your rosary. They got the message. Our Lady already sent them the message with that miracle of the sun. Now you have a different, you can, you can cheer it on. You're like, whoa, I didn't know that. It's pretty cool. We can get into more of that. There's a lot of messages around Fatima that nobody talks about, but this is one of the ones I always thought was intriguing. It's like the dead horse head in the bed, you know, from the Godfather series. It's like a message to them, like, your God's nothing. Your horse is nothing. Too bad they didn't get the message. Or too bad that they're so enslaved. That's the worst part. Father Harden said those immortal sin are agents of the devil. You know, as well as I do, they're agents of the devil. They enslaved to their passions and through that became uh, at some point entrapped in mortal sin. And now they're slaves. That's the shame of it. Strutting around like the, like the, like they're bringing us something good, but they're actually led by the nose. We need to pray for them. Okay.
we'll get into that more of that. I mean, we're going to get into more on the modernism thing. I don't know if that's interesting to you guys, but we can get into all the effects of why a modernist actually can't function. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they can get to work. They can do things like that, but they can't tell the truth. They can't do, because reality is all feelings. That's what animates relativism and everything else. But behind it, this religion, this religion of theosophy, this errors of Russia, that's why. They've been duped. They've been led into slavery, just like the ancient Egyptians, right? Just like the Aztec people. Just like everywhere else the solar cult's been. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady the Rosary, pray for us. Well, you did it. You've been listening to the Bellman Forum podcast. On today's On the Miracle of the Sun as a message to the anti-church. I'm your show host, John B. Manos. Production of this episode was underwritten by an anonymous donor that asks you to say your rosary daily. If you would like to underwrite production of the podcast, contact the forum using the contact form on the website, bellamanforum.org, or call us. This podcast is a production of the Bellman Forum, formerly known as the Wanderer Forum Foundation, founded in 1965 on the heels of Vatican II as a faithful enclave of the Catholic faith without all the progressive modernist confusion. Our producer sits at the right hand of the Father and will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. Our executive director made all things visible and invisible. Our technical director is an unnamed angel assigned to us by the producer per show. The Bellarmine Forum is a nonprofit public charity and all donations are tax deductible to the maximum extent permitted by law. This show is copyrighted by the Bellarmine Forum 2023. To the greater glory of God and the honor of his blessed mother. Amen.